everybody out there in podcast land. This is your host, Severin Henderson, back with another episode of Firecast as presented by Department 3C. Today, I have the great pleasure and honor of speaking with a music producer who also happens to produce my podcast and makes me sound so excellently dope. Um, I have a couple people say, your voice doesn't sound like that when I talk to you in real life. Well, that's because I have a producer producing me up and making me sound extra live. So with that being said, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy. And as always, please offer some feedback so we can know what to offer you next. Thanks. Danny, the producer, how are you today, sir? I'm great, man. What's up, Sev? So, Danny, I met you, of course, through the Fire and Iron crew. Um, like I said, you produce my podcast, produce some other podcasts, and you make people sound excellent. But besides doing that, you have a background in music, and that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today. So tell me about you. Tell me about your music career, how you get in, got into production, and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to sit down and chat. Yep. <clears throat> Um, so I got into music at the age of 10. I started playing. We were getting ready um, to play for the sixth grade talent show, you know, and uh, we ended up winning. And then okay. <laughs> won, won again in eighth grade. No, and it was all history from there. I don't know. I played in bands ever since. Um, first signed, you know, with a, a little indie label when I was 17 years old making metal music. Okay. And... Uh, <clears throat> Played in some other bands, you know, after that, hopping around genres and getting into the Chicago DIY scene. And then really started taking production seriously, I would say about five years ago. Okay. Where I really kind of stepped into my own with writing songs for other people, making beats for other people, selling it to them, and playing those shows, you know, out with multiple artists. That's what's up. Now, you said Chicago DYs. That do it yourself or is it DYI be something else? <clears throat> no, it means do it yourself. Yeah. It refers to like uh the underground show scene where a bunch of venues kind of pop up across the city that are low key illegal. Okay. And uh they're known as like punk houses and stuff like that. Okay. Uh yeah. So <laughs> I, well I was gonna ask you to like give me a name or something, but I don't wanna incriminate anybody. So no names please. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's all I mean it's just house shows. I mean if you don't get over 150 people, I think you're in the clear. You okay. Know? But uh so it's just Chicago house shows. Um, there's a whole network of people that kind of play in that scene, and it was it was kind of fun to do a lot of that through college and a little after college. Sweet. So when I first moved here, I was kind of trying to find my way around the city and go different places. And I remember when dubstep kind of first came around and came out. I went to a place in Wrigley-ish area. And it was so loud. I'm like, how can, if you walk in here and you can hear when you leave, you'll be deaf. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like super loud. So I don't know if that was like one of those punk houses or not, but 
it was only me, the DJ, and like two other people in there, and I had to leave because it was way too loud. Too much going down. No, I was definitely uh, at at my fair share of dubstep shows in okay. in that era, um, but we mostly went to Congress Theater. I don't know if you remember yeah. that place. Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of great. I mean, there were of course like raves and things like that, but on the side. But the yeah. Congress Theater shows were like uh, what we would get really excited about. A bunch of you know, kids from the suburbs moving to the city and just, <laughs> you know, let's go see a dubstep show. Yeah. That's, let's go that's... see Excision. Is yeah. dubs, is dubstep still around? It's having a resurgence right now. It's kind of like a little bit back in vogue. Uh, it was pretty kind of uncool for a little bit. You uh-huh. would have to like, look like on the low, listen to Skrillex or something. Okay. <laughs> or at least maybe that's how I perceived it. Uh, but yeah, it's back in fashion. I'm not going to lie. The only reason I knew anything about dubstep was because I watched The Throne with Jay-Z and Kanye. And um, Who Gonna Stop Me, that song was like a dubstep song. Mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of enamored with that. There, it was an era at that time where every artist had to have just like a just little, one. little one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was Throw like 2010. Yes, exactly. Okay. That exact era. You say it's trying to come back now. It's got its little thing going. Uh, It's popping off on TikTok. Um, Okay. But it's also the thing that's really kind of taking hold in the the electronic scene uh, is this stuff like Tech House and uh, Drum and Bass, like UK Garage, is Mm -hmm. going pretty hard right now. Okay. I heard of that before, too. Um, Now, I'm not another part I'm not going to tell a story about is like newer music i'm not up on as much as like growing up i'm like i'm never gonna stop listening to rap i'm gonna listen to rap for the rest of my life and now i listen to some songs it's like oh my god what am i listening to? <laughs> so that's why i kind of listen to podcasts more listen to books and don't nobody want to hear um people just talking is what i've heard before but i like listening to people talk because they say different Dude. stuff <laughs> I listen to way more podcasts than I listen to music. Okay. I'll be honest. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts about music, but yeah. it is really podcasting. I'm so thankful that I get to work in podcasting and in music mm-hmm. because as long as I'm working in audio, like I'm happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like, I all day long from the moment, like I woke up to like in between stuff at work to mm-hmm. like right before you got here, I was listening to a podcast. Yeah. It's like, it's like the perfect background. I mean, if they have something informational to tell you, something you can learn about, know about. And I haven't got to the point, I'm sure I can get there with the help of you, but like the super overproduced podcast where like I'm talking to you and then it goes off and plays a little snippet of something else with some music. I, one day I'll get there, but for now we're just talking. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very doable. It's very doable. It's very doable. Hey there, this is Danny the producer, letting you know that it is in fact very doable. Enjoy the rest of the show. Um, those podcasts are fun too. I actually find the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones that have almost no editing at, okay. all, at all. I'm with that. Um, but I am happy to do more editing if you want it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't necessarily always need that much editing with the shows I do. Uh, my guests come through, they know what they have to say. I have a better idea. I feel like I'm getting better at 
interviewing guests and it kind of flows and I'm not sitting around seeing a bunch of ums and who's and mm and you know. Yeah. That'll be it for this podcast. <laughs> no more um. Um so oh, I just dang, did it. There it goes. <laughs> Gotta get around it. What I was about to ask you is so you said you were playing a lot of instruments. You were in the music that kind of way. Um, yeah. How many different instruments do you play? Uh, well, my main instrument was always the guitar. That okay. was like what I grew up playing. Um, but the first instrument that I learned to play was like the drum set, like okay. playing the drums. Um, so I guess guitar, drums, um, synthesizers. I've always played synthesizers. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and in the last three years, I've started learning more intensely like the piano because stuff I would do on the synthesizer was more so just like so I could play with the different sounds and get different textures and add, mm -hmm. you know, interest to my songs. Mm -hmm. Whereas I, I wasn't like uh, I couldn't play chords. I didn't know, you know, everything that was going on there on the keyboard. That, so go ahead. I just kind of sat down with it, especially once, you know, COVID hit. I had all this time yeah. to start really pouring into it. Yeah. And learning to play the piano was really difficult for me initially because on the guitar, you play the rhythm with your right hand and the melody with your left hand. Right. But on the piano, you play the rhythm with your left hand and yeah. the melody with your right hand. Yeah. So rewiring my brain to work in that new way was, was difficult, but I, I found it pretty rewarding. Um, so drums, guitar, piano, synthesizers, uh, I also learned cello in that time period. Only, oh, wow. only enough that I can make sounds that aren't horrible, and then <laughs> I can manipulate them in the computer at a later time. Okay. Um, and lots of drum machines as well. Nice. I, I like programming drum machines. I see. You, I saw you had a trombone. You is that yours? No, it's not mine. That's my roommate's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was, I was wondering about. I when I wanted to play instruments a lot, I wanted to start off with the saxophone, and I never got one. I got a trumpet with no mouthpiece, <laughs> <laughs> and then I never got the mouthpiece for the trumpet. So I just kind of wanted to mess around with horns. It seemed like it was. I don't want to say easy, but somewhere to start. So yeah, that was kind of my idea. The th I think for me, the I get, I have a hard time getting through the period where you sound like shit at the beginning. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And then, uh, so all of the instruments that I play don't sound that bad yeah. at the very beginning. <laughs> like when you hear someone trying to play the trumpet, like a roommate of mine, my my a previous roommate of mine learned to play the trumpet while we were living together, mm -hmm. and the the first three months are are. Get brutal. They're brutal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, he got it down, but at the beginning, it's like, oh my gosh, that's heinous. Yeah. I work with a guy and <clears throat> I hear that horn. It sounds like a, a dying animal. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not a living thing. Yeah. Not if, not if you, not good at it yet. So, another instrument kind of music story I was thinking of is. I just like messing around with things and learning new stuff. So I was going to get like a keyboard and try and teach myself how to play the piano, but I never picked it up and never got to doing that. So like I said, I'll just appreciate everybody else's musical prowess at this point. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you saying so. I don't think you should, uh, you should stop yourself from doing it though. I mean, like I said, the keyboard, that's pretty chill. You can, you can sound all right on that. Until you sound really good. Yeah. 
I think the most accessible thing, though, is synthesizers because you get to just make weird sounds mm-hmm. and just kind of mess around, and then you can add in little stuff. I think you might enjoy yourself. I just bought a new podcast board, and it has, like, the little areas for you to put different sounds on, so maybe I'll mess around with that and see. Oh, yeah, a little see sampler. If I can get going. Yeah. I'll get just the like, little. Exactly. I'll see what I can do in my spare time. So another question I have for you is you were telling me about going out of town. You had a music tour that you had going on. So tell me yeah. about that. <clears throat> yeah, I just went on tour uh, with Apollo Mighty. Um, he's the act that I was playing with, and we were opening up for an artist uh, called Serpent with Feet. And um, <clears throat> I'd say that we're both in the neo-soul alt-R&B category. Okay. And we played all through New England up into Canada and then back on down to Chicago. Okay. And I've played uh, quite a lot of like out of state shows and things like that, but never in, in a tour like this, Mm -hmm. you know, this was kind of like, I'd like to say my first big kid tour. Okay. And uh, it felt pretty good, man. It was, it was really uh, a great journey because I got to go to a bunch of different places that I had never been before. Actually, I'd never spent any time in New England. I'd never been to Canada. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you're from Chicago, it's not really like where you want to go to vacation. I right. feel like yeah. you're trying to go to Florida. You're trying to go to California, Somewhere Arizona. Hot. Exactly. Yeah. And <clears throat> I was uh, super blessed because it was originally set to be in February, but it was the COVID spiked and we had to push it then to October. Mm-hmm. So I got to drive through. Washington, D.C., you know, Virginia, um, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Vermont, New Hampshire, all with all these crazy leaves, yeah, all changing different colors yep. through the mountains and, and all the riverlands and everything. Yep. So it was a beautiful drive. And uh, I got to say that D.C. <clears throat> showed up super hard. They were a really cool city. That's what's up. I met a lot of cool people. Um and they got this whole Baltimore bounce scene that's kind of Baltimore kinda, bounce, okay. Which is like kind of kind of like Chicago footwork, like kind of like juke, but uh-huh. it's uh, so it's just kind of like a sporadic like dance music style. What? And uh, I fuck with it. I, I had to ask some of my Baltimore people about that. Um, I, me and another one of the guests I have on here quite frequently, Troy. We went to the inauguration for Obama, the second one, not the first one, because that first one was too wee crowded. But we went to the second one, and while we were up there, we got to hang out in D.C. D.C. is a a vibe. I I like D.C. a whole lot. That was actually on my list of places I might move to, but ended up I moved to Chicago instead. But DC is a real nice town. They got a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And then, especially like you said with the music scene, it was actually pretty dope. Yeah, th- it's a cool energy there. Like it was, uh, it was definitely unique into itself. You kind of, it's like in the middle, right? It's not the south. It's not the north, right? It's just right, kind of yeah. like. So it kind of yeah. feels that way. <clears throat> I like that about it. It's not. It's right. It's not the South, but they have a Southern flavor because right. of like the Virginia's close and things like that. Um, they're not the East Coast, New York, but they're on the East Coast. They're definitely not the Midwest. They're their own, their own yeah, thing. It's yeah. its own little slice. And there's something like very 
powerful and imminent about like the whole city being like where all of the major decisions pretty much yeah <laughs> where the country come from <coughs> excuse me no problem yeah yeah where the country come from you're like oh man yeah i, I can feel it <laughs> now you're right about that because when you go to dc proper and see those big buildings and just think they've been around for forever <clears> and right it's, it's it's a lot of culture, a lot of history there. So and then Baltimore has like the best sea. If you're a seafood fan, they oh, have like I am. seafood off the <clears throat> off the everything. I want to head back there just to eat and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one thing that <clears throat> I learned is that the the tour schedule is very very grueling. You know, I didn't have as much time. Now that's what you led me into what I was gonna say because you said you thought you was gonna be able to kick it a bit more and you weren't able to. So tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I had about two two days, three days in the whole endeavor where I was able to like kind of chill, mm-hmm. you know. But um, uh, a lot of the time, especially if like if you have back to back shows, like if you're in dc and you got to get to boston like that's an eight-hour drive like right 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 so you play the show the night before you go to sleep you wake up <clears throat> and you gotta you hit the road because you gotta be at sound check by you know load-ins at four okay and tell me about the artist that you hung out with or that you do on the tour with uh yeah apollo mighty we've been making music together for maybe four or five years now and um he's from memphis mm-hmm. um he's got like a really cool flavor um and we just met like uh, a couple of friends introduced us randomly one day at a bar and he's like hey i need a i need a guitarist mm-hmm. and i was like i'm a guitarist and then <laughs> and then the rest is history i like how that works out yeah that's that's always dope so we we got to do some pretty cool stuff we we're signed to a label uh out of sweden actually uh called go for gold and uh we put a bunch of singles out and a record out with them we had our own little group together called Ethos where we had like a bunch of songs that, you know, I was singing on to and kind of had like a little more of an electronic flavor. So it didn't quite feel like only Apollo Mighty, right. you know. Right. Um, so we created this other group and, and released, you know, a, a single with them. And uh, yeah, that was it's cool. So we've been we've been doing our thing, you know, for for a minute now. And um, one thing that, you know, I've always liked about playing with Apollo is that like the best way to sum it up is with a story so like the first time that we played together that when we met and he's like i need a guitar player i got this gig mm-hmm. i'm like all right cool i'm down we only had so much time to prepare you know so we uh we played about maybe eight nine songs and then people were calling for an encore and we were like we ain't got any more songs so we were like okay they're feeling it they're, they were definitely feeling it so we were like all right cool well we're just gonna make something up and I just started playing and he just started freestyling and it was hype and oh, people, people were into it. So it's just kind of like that feeling of like, all right, I know that like whatever happens, you know, it's going to be fine. Oh my God. That reminds me of a horror story. Playing yeah, let's with Apollo. Oh, so we were, it ended up working out for the best. It was fine. But so we were playing at the tonic room we were playing at the tonic room now known as golden golden dagger and uh we packed this place man like it was full to the brim Mm -hmm. and of like a lot of cool industry people like it was like it was packed Mm -hmm. and we go up to play our set i got my whole setup ready to roll i go to press play on my computer to do like the tracks and the computer starts auto updating and i just get a black screen with the little timer 
I had never turned off my auto updates. Um, and I was like, no, bro, <laughs> this is going to take at least 10 minutes, yeah. at least 10 minutes. So once again, Apollo and I, here we are on the spot. And uh, we just started playing and uh, playing song, just get to, you know, guitar and vocal. And we got, the, I shit, I think it was the best part of the set. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, the computer finally, you know, did as it was told and we got we got with it. But it was, um, it was cool. That's so. the that's the thing with the entertainment industry as a whole is things and times you know you try and predict when you're coming on when you're doing everything but it's so unpredictable and like shows shows supposed to start at seven and show doesn't start till seven fifty eight and things like that and you know those little add-ins are the reason why so yeah that's cool now before I forget because I will forget. Where can we find some of your songs and how can we get to listen to this dope sound? <clears throat> I have a playlist on Spotify of all the songs that I've produced. You can find it just following me on Instagram. I'll put a link in my bio. So okay. follow me on Instagram. It's Danny Classic at Danny Classic. And that's D-A-N-N-Y-K-U-L-A-S-I-K. Okay. I like Danny Classic. Yeah. And that's just my name. That's just that's just my name. That's that's I, I like artists like that. It's easy breezy. You know? Yeah, we exactly. We don't need a pseudonym. We just got our name. I think uh, I was blessed with the dope name off the jump. Anyway, there so. you go. <laughs> hey, I agree. I, I like I like your name a lot. So that's where we can find you. That's what you've been up to. Producing is your name. Being a super producer is your game. <laughs> you told us where to find you. You told us how to get in touch with you. You are doing phenomenal things and then like i said when you super blow that's when i really want to get you on the show because then you get my numbers up even more <laughs> <laughs> you know i got you so look forward to hearing some overproduced podcasts just to get it in just to see how it goes see how it sounds just to flex the muscle yeah right? just to flex i mean we got to show got to show you off show off your skills you you're not just a music producer you're a sound producer you're an auditory professor all around how about that that's what i love that's okay. what if i'm doing audio i'm a happy man that's what's up so anything you want to say before we get out of here uh i just appreciate you for having me on the show thanks for you know having a chat um i love making music i love god i love my beautiful wife peace Oh,